Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hello, everyone. I'm Lori Bischoff. Welcome to the We're Talking Shift podcast, where my guest du jour and I talk shift because, yes, the antidote to feeling stuck begins in our minds with a shift in our thinking. My guests all have at some point in their life gone rogue and made a shift that altered the course of their life. And talking about those radical shifts and how they ultimately changed their lives for the better is what I'm passionate about sharing with you in the hopes that you'll be inspired to go rogue from time to time and make some awesome shifts happen in your own life. Today's Going Rogue guest is my friend and former co-host, Candace Parisi. I'm so excited to have her back. Now, for those of you who don't already know about Candice, Ms. Parisi has been a leading professional intuitive for over 25 years. At one time, she actually owned a very successful psychic store inside of Universal Studios in Hollywood. Currently, Candice devotes herself full-time to being a professional psychic, an intuitive teacher and counselor, and she's also a hands-on healer. Like myself, Candace knows that personal empowerment begins inside a person, and she has made it her life's work to help others unlock their ability to see their authentic selves, to tap into their own intuition, and successfully reach their goals. Candace, hey girl, how are you? Hey, oh, I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Of course, this is fun. This is like old times. <laughs> you know, we've we've known each other since we were babies. No, well, that's not true. Yeah, in another <laughs> lifetime. Yeah, in another lifetime. It's babies in another lifetime. We've known yeah. each other for seven hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Old yes. souls. Old souls. So old you souls. Yeah. you ready to are you ready to talk shift with me today? I can't wait to talk shift with you. Mm-hmm. Yay! What so what's the newest <laughs> and latest shift in your life? Oh, dang. You know what I'm doing right now? I, um, they're uh, mushrooms. I'm doing mushrooms. I'm doing, yeah. (laughs) Let's clarify, shall we? Yeah. No, I, I have, I intake now every day, every morning, um, about 12 different kinds of mushrooms. I have all of these, like, have this giant suitcase of mushrooms and they they're different powdered kinds there's like I don't know there's a mushroom for everything there's mushroom like lion's mane and they're all like tiger claw and (laughs) these big bold uh names of these exotic mushrooms that grow all over mostly they grow in shit I think oh I think that okay Oh, can we yeah. bleep? Can we yeah. bleep that? Can we bleep that? <laughs> it's Candace. Get the bleeper <laughs> button ready. So. Get the bleeper button ready. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, but the orange trees, or they're just fungus. And my sister got me turned on to um, taking mushrooms. I'm drinking mushroom coffee right now. It's coffee made of mushrooms. She's got me all uh, hooked up into mushrooms right now. Not the psychedelic kind. I can't handle that, but oh. the, the not psychedelic kind. So, uh, well, what is, okay. So what, yeah. So tell me what is the, what's the point? What's, I mean, I know that there are supposedly mushroom teas and mushroom, this and that, like you say, supplements that have nutritional value. Is that the deal? Is there a specific thing that you're trying to manage with all of this, um, high mushroom intake? Yeah. Well, I think that each, uh, mushroom has its own thing that it does. Uh, one is good for your digestion. One's good for your immune system, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if that's true at all or if there's science behind that, but it's supposed to, um, I started taking it because it's supposed to help you be alkaline and I'm trying to mm-hmm. be less acidic and just, you know, just have right. my inner atmosphere be a little sexier. Ah, so, your inner, yeah, because that's important too, sexy I inner. don't care about what the outside looks like. Fuck the outside. The inside needs to look amazing. And so I'm working on that. I'm cleaning house right now. <laughs> gotcha. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Um, yep, mm-hmm. our, our bleeper button is going to be on fire today. I can tell. 
Get your get your fingers ready, TJ. Get your fingers ready. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. well, okay. So so yes, that mushrooms have um, you know, as a holistic nutrition coach, I'm obviously aware of the value of um of mushrooms for different reasons like you just named. So I think that's pretty cool that you're doing that. And um I think mm-hmm. it's really good that we clarified um what kind of mushrooms that you were doing. Um, cause I've heard, yeah. I've heard things that, you know, I've heard things like in the past where mushrooms. You have never can't... ever taken it before. So it's like no, 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 no. Mushrooms no? like grilled mushrooms, sauteed mushrooms, mushrooms on mm. pizza, but no, uh, psych, psychic. Are they, do they make you psychic? Is that how you became a psychic? <laughs> have you been eating mushrooms since you were a child? Let's, let's yeah, talk about my... this. My mom put it in my bottle and it was I'm psychic. No. <laughs> there, there's no, psychic I, did, del- I did do psychedelic mushrooms once. Just one one time. And that was enough for me. I did it. I, I took some and then I got on a plane and had two okay. stopovers. And it was the worst um the worst felt like a thousand years of my life. <laughs> I don't know how I got I, I don't know how I got to my mother's, but I was like, you know what I should do? I'm going to take these mushrooms and I'm going to get on a plane and go see my mom. And, <laughs> and wow. like, I'm going to have these stopovers and I'm going to have to sit in the airport for hours and freak out. And it was awful. So I just never did that again. <laughs> okay. Well, that's uh, actually yeah. um, a really good going rogue story there. <laughs> yeah, it is. I really went rogue there. But no, it doesn't make me psychic. No. Okay. So they, the, it really doesn't do anything for me, but just freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, if you're going to go rogue, don't do it with mushrooms. That's the whole point. Mm, or on a plane. Yeah. Don't or do on anything plane. on a plane. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. all right. So <laughs> seriously though, you actually, all kidding aside, you really are an amazing intuitive. You have been for pretty much your entire life. So let's, for, you know, for people that haven't already heard about you or, or been familiar, you know, with you or anything that we've done in the past, would you please share, how did this even happen? I mean, did, did you, were you like born that way? Did you have to cultivate this? How did you become an amazing intuitive? And right. I mean, you're a professional intuitive. You're not like, you know, the lady at the fair in a tent that's going to, you know, tell you your long lost relative, you know, left you an inheritance unless of course that was right. Right. <laughs> so, how yeah, do you, so you want to know how I became the best psychic in the world? Is that yes. what you want to know? Yes. Okay. Everybody right. wants so. to know that. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, um, hard brag. Best psychic in the world. How did I become it? When I was a kid, um, my mom, um, my mom took me to this uh, before I was even a teenager. My mom took me to this like little tiny church. And she said, come along with me. And I was an angsty little kid and didn't want to do what she had to say, but I did it. And, uh, she, (laughs) she, um, she took me to this tiny church. And when you walk in the door, you hand, you know, the lady at the desk, $5 and you have a seat. And so we did that and we have a seat and mom's like, just go in there and see what you think about this. I've been coming here for a while. It's pretty awesome. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like, I was like, this is not, this is some hot, hot bullshit. This is not something I'm even interested in. And I was more into all sorts of other things besides anything that my mom was into. And so I rebelled as I sat there. And then uh, they called my name and they brought me into this room. And the room had like um, uh, seven little tiny uh very, very old ladies, like the oldest ladies I've ever seen. And I went in there and they closed the door and I sat down and I was freaking out. I was like, God, geez, this is some crazy shit my mom got me into. And the littlest, cutest lady just took my hands and said, can I talk to your angels? And I was like, oh shit, what is this? And she closed her little eyes and I just fell in love with her and everybody else in the room. And she closed her little eyes and she just started talking 
and there was something so pure and honest and had no reason for it. There's no reason for this lady to be doing this. Like she didn't gain anything from this. She just wanted to be there and, and talk to your angels. And she just started talking and the things that came out of her mouth and how she was and the energy, it was more of an energy thing than anything else. I was like, what is this? And, and so from, you know, nine years old to, you know, 13 years old for about four years, all I did was spend every second I possibly could hanging out with these old, old ladies. Mm-hmm. And so let me ask I you a question. One, one of the old ladies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So before you go on, I, what I, what I'm wondering, I don't want to lose the question is, mm-hmm. did your, um, do you think that your mom brought you there initially just, just for fun, just to see, you know, what would happen and what you thought about it? Or do you think that she saw something in you that, you know, could be cultivated and she thought maybe this was a way to do it or was it just random? It just, she just took you. Yeah. She, uh, I don't think she saw anything in me. When okay. it comes to, <laughs> to, to much, especially in, in the intuitive stuff, I don't. I think there's something that she like secretly was into, and I was along for the ride, and okay. she couldn't drop me off fast enough. Yeah, I was more like that. And then from then on, like I just hung out there, and you know, became one of the old ladies, and just learned and soaked it up and just loved it and it became it immediately sparked something in me just that first moment and I can still remember it where I was like oh shit this is my passion and my purpose this is what I'm going to do with my life kind of like this but whatever this energy is whatever they're working with I'm going to be working with in my life and for the rest of my life Mm. so that's where it started So that's pretty interesting that at that age, so by, Mm -hmm. you know, from nine to 13, by the time you were 13, you were already feeling that you had found your calling. Mm -hmm. I knew my calling right away. And it was, uh, and then from that point, it was like, as if life handed me person after person, teacher after teacher, uh, the right person at the right time, you know, from you know, right then where, you know, I, I got that, uh, that hit inside of me that this is my passion and I really owned it all the way till, you know, right this moment, everything just kind of is the exact place. I'm in the exact place at the exact time I need to be there. And I had an enormous amount of teachers and I got to travel all over the world and do so much cool shit and meet so many people and learn how to meditate and do all of this great stuff. And it was uh, seamless. It was something, it's out of a dream. Like my life has been, I mean, there's rockiness to it too, but you know, that's part of it. And I don't know, I just feel very grateful every single day for my intuition. That's so cool. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. So is there a difference between being psychic and being intuitive? Do they mean the same thing or do people interpret them differently? What is your take on that? Yeah, well, the, I think it's the same. Uh, I think mostly psychics are people who practice um, being intuitive for a living. Psychic has a really like fucked up stigma around it. And so for Mm -hmm. a long time, I I said intuitive counselor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you and I, had a conversation where I was like, I need to stop using intuitive counselor and just say who I am kind of deal. Uh, mm-hmm. And start talking about being, it's, it's, the word psychic has a lot of negative around it because of Miss Cleo and gypsies and witches and whatever else you can come up with in a movie. Yeah. And, you know, negative things that people have experienced. And so I didn't want to subscribe to that word. But then one day I just said, screw that. That's who I am. And I will refurbish the word I will make it into a word that's um filled with integrity oh I like that truth yeah yeah Yeah. I like that and you are the one to do it I love that yes yes so so okay you kind of touched on it a second ago when you said um you were talking about how, you know, you're always in the right place at the right time um, and that you've been all over the world. So is that um, why you are a traveling intuitive and, you know, your website and you are billed as the traveling intuitive. So Mm -hmm. tell me about that. Is that, where did that come from? 
Yeah. And so for the past, uh, you know, 26 years or so, I've been working full time as a, a, you know, an, an intuitive, a psychic for people. And it allots me um, to be able to travel and do kind of whatever I want. And so I spend a lot of time and that's what I want to do. Like I'm right next to, you know, working um, as an intuitive, as a psychic, right next to that is my love for traveling, my passion for traveling. And so since I was a kid, I've gotten to travel a ton. I've been very, very fortunate to travel and meet amazing people and learn from extraordinary people and learn from people who suck, learn mm-hmm. what I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and be able to be in the the presence of a lot of really cool individuals and taken a lot of cool classes and um, grow, you know, had a very nurturing environment around me throughout the whole world, helping me develop and grow and be very confident inside of my intuitive gifts. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Who would you say, is there anybody that, um, like one or two people that really stand out that were, you would say were your greatest teachers or that you learned the most from, or kind of advanced the most from, is there anyone in particular? Yeah, definitely. And besides the, um, you know, the, the ladies that I hung out with from, you know, as a child, um, mm-hmm. who are dear to my heart, uh, there's a woman, um, there's a woman, her name is Kiara. And she lived in St. Petersburg, Florida. And I would uh, hang out with her. She's very eccentric, which I love. And she has this uh, like very, um, very natural life. She's an old, she's an older, older lady. And she didn't, when you were around her, you felt like you were in a different First of all, you felt like you were the only thing in the whole wide world. And so she has people from all over the world that wants to hang out with her. But when she was with you, she was present. Hmm. And so uh, and, and so we would sit on the roof and drink tea and, and work on you know, psychic stuff. And she was just a huge part of my life. I traveled with her for a while. And... Um, and she just was, she's just an extraordinary person that stands out because she, the thing that stands out for her and what the, the teaching is for me uh, with her is how present she was with me. There's something you can't go back when somebody's really there with you and really being there with you. And so with Kiara, she's definitely on the top of my list of teachers just because she didn't have an agenda. Her agenda was to, you know, help me grow as me and not just, you know, I'm mm-hmm. just the next person in line type of thing. And we became uh, great friends over time. And then, you know, a, a teacher in my life that is unusual is hospice. That's the same thing. It's, it's uh, I worked for hospice and, and traveled and, and volunteer still today for hospice. And there's something about that uh, last moments in life, part of your life that is very present Mm-hmm. and very loving and kind. And it's just, I think that all of my intuitive abilities stem from um, the truth and stem from kindness and stem from being really, really present. And so those are the teachers that stick out. There's a lot of people that taught me a lot of great stuff mm-hmm. um, that I use uh, maybe, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, I became my own teacher and you know took all those bits and pieces and here, here we are. Yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. So that's, and I think that's so interesting, um, that you also did and still sometimes do hospice care. That must've been like, you know, basically spending that time with so many different people in their last moments. Um, I can't even imagine, um, you know, what kind of gifts and, and how that was valuable to you in ways that, you know, unless you did that, you couldn't foresee. Was there any thing in particular, any, any particular stories or incidences that really, I don't know, made an impact on you? Mm, For sure. There's, um, I, I was getting ready to go and, um, and go to Africa and work at a hospice. 
And um, there, it was, in, it, when I was there, it was just a revolving door of people. It was a very HIV-ridden place. Um, and before I left, um, the hospice I was volunteering for um, said, um, hey, we have this um, young lady. She's, um, you know, she's kind of, you know, I think you'll really like her. Do you want to volunteer with her before you leave? We know we're le- you're leaving in a couple of weeks, but I think this will work out. And I said, of course. And so she happened to have HIV as well, or, or, or AIDS at the time. And um, she's blind. And she's about 30 years old. And I went um, over to her house for the first time and over to her parents' house. She was staying at her parents' house. They were taking care of her. And um, she was really weak. And we were talking for a while. And my job was to just hang out. And so we were talking for a while. And, you know, she didn't feel like she she didn't know. She expressed that she didn't really know why she was alive anymore. She really didn't know why she was in the place that she is. And so uh, during that time, she was like, you know what I love? Beads. Like she kept talking about beads. And so, and so I left and I went uh, to the store and I bought uh, all the beads, uh, Michael's, uh, every bead I could find. And the next week, uh, and for the next two weeks, I spent every other day with her um, while we made bracelets for kids in, um, in Africa. Mm-hmm. And it, she found a reason to, she, it, it woke her right up and she was like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is a great purpose. And she was super weak and she couldn't, she couldn't do, um, she couldn't do all the stuff, you know, I had to help her along. She's blind. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was just a different, something happened in her when she knew she was doing something extraordinary. And so I, we made a ton of bracelets. I spent a ton of time with her. I packed up real fast, jumped on a plane with all the bracelets. And a couple of weeks later, I, you know, gave them out to all of these kids in this, you know, this HIV uh, clinic, all these babies and all these kids. And I, I emailed her, I emailed her mom and I said, Hey, you know, I just want to let you know that I gave out all these bracelets today and they're so excited and very grateful. Mm. And she emailed me back the next day. Um, you know, thank you so much for telling me that I told my daughter. And then uh, a couple of hours later, she passed away. And she was just very, very grateful hmm. uh, that that you came into her life. And it was just, it, it was as if she was waiting for you to let her know that they got the bracelets. And so that's, I think that in my life, there's just been such a, everything has looked like that, where it's just, again, like I said before, it's the being open enough to life and trusted enough where you're just going to be at the right place at the right time. And, and she's a great, she's a great human. She was a wonderful human being. Yeah. That's pretty, you know, that's so interesting. It's almost like, you know, here's a person that, um, couldn't, you know, she probably, uh, wasn't very mobile if, you know, she's, she's sick, she's dying, she's blind. And it seemed like, being able to, even in that state, do something that was contributing in some way to somebody by making bracelets, mm-hmm. she could still mm-hmm. do that in spite of all of the, the other things that were happening to her. She could still do that. And then when she knew that her contribution was, you know, being put out there and somebody was receiving something that she had to offer that then she was good to go. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it was. Wow. It was beautiful. It was perfect timing. All of it is just, it was just perfect timing. And she was just lovely. We just basically laid in bed and laughed and made bracelets for babies. Like it was awesome. Like there's, I don't know. I just think that uh, life is pretty extraordinary. You know, life is, you know, being a, being an intuitive person has been uh, the best gift of my life because I am, I just, uh, I just know where to be. I just, I, there's something, there's some knowing that I'm mm-hmm. uh, like, a, as if I have a personal assistant in my life, kind of nudging me in all the directions. And so it's pretty awesome. Mm, that's very cool. What a sweet story. What a, mm-hmm. what an amazing experience. So 
I mean, I would really like to have a personal assistant in my life <laughs> that, <laughs> that I didn't have to write a paycheck to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so can anybody be psychic? Can anybody be intuitive? What do you, you know, can you actually teach somebody that I, you know, or, or just some people just have the gift and, and others never will. What, yeah. what do you say to that? Yeah. The, uh, Everybody can be intuitive. It's a muscle. Well, how I explain it is a muscle. And it's, you got to go to the gym and work your muscle. Uh, everybody has the ability to quiet down and allow uh, intuition to come through. Um, it's just a matter of um, doing the, the things that it takes like meditating and quieting down your mind and um, changing um, some ideas around um what what you are what life is and, and leaning into a magical direction and when you're a kid you know kids they see all sorts of spirits and they have imaginary friends and they're open to all of that and as even and when you're passing away same thing you're open to that and animals are open to that but in the middle you know between <laughs> after being a baby and you know in the middle there we stop really connecting to that we stop connecting to that type of intuitive gifts and so there is lots of ways it, to develop i have lots of private students and i teach classes all the time around uh, developing your intuition and not even just to do it for yeah other people but more for yourself mm -hmm. because it's such a such a great gift to have for yourself right right i know and i know that you do that and i keep swearing one of these days i'm going to spend more time um being very specific about about learning that because yeah not because i want to go out and become a professional but just for myself just mm -hmm for my own benefit. Um, what I want to ask you too is cause you made a really good point that I hadn't thought about before. Um, parents and their kids. And like you just said, you know, kids, um, before, before their brains get too molded and mm -hmm. their, you know, dreams get shut down. How would you say, what do you say to parents who, who who might be like, you know, my kid's got, you know, three imaginary friends or my kid is talking to, you know, to ghosts or they think, you know, they don't know what to do with that. How do you share with parents about, you know, not shutting that part of their kid down? What, what should yeah. they do? I get a lot of uh, questions about that, actually, where parents will, um, a client of mine who have kids who are like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is, is this bad? Uh, a lot of people, they, they're, uh, it's a fear-based thing where they're like, uh, my kid is seeing something or experiencing something. Is it bad? Or is it going to hurt them? Or is it hurting them? Or are they lying? Or um, I would always, and I always, um, you know, tell, you know, invite the parents to foster that in their, in their children um, so that it's uh, something that they can grow up with. I think that, you know, it's, um, it's weird. It's weird to be able to see stuff. I, as a, a, a psychic, I, I just see and hear. So all day long, I see spirit and I hear it. And I see people who have passed away and I hear them, just like I hear you, just like I see you. And so, um, but when that, is, uh, when that is happening to somebody uh, at the beginning, uh, and definitely when it's your child, there's worry around it. And in, in my years of experience since I was nine, I've never experienced anything negative. And so, but uh, there's a lot of fear around, well, you know, I need to make sure I have, you know, this handled. And a lot of people will shame their kids out of um, seeing and hearing and experiencing. And then, you know, they quickly become adults who can't be intuitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So how do they, how do they foster that? What do they do if they're willing to be like, okay, my child seems to, you know, be talking or seeing or, you know, having these experiences, what exactly do they do to foster that in a nurturing and positive way? Yeah, I would uh, give your kid the opportunity to share what their experience is. And so when your kid's like, you know, I see, you know, I see something over there or I, I hear something or I've been having these dreams. 
um, just being very positive and saying, tell me more. I, I've never, I've never experienced that. Tell me more. And the same thing that we should do with, you know, not should, the uh, uh, same thing that there's an opportunity to do with every subject with kids. Okay. Give me more like in, and opening up the dialogue to it and becoming really accepting of it. Um, I think will help the kid feel like they're not weird and they're not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your brain is the reason why you don't connect to your intuition. And so as time goes on, we get more and more, um, you know, jaded and we get more and more fearful and we get more and more judgmental and those, you know, the brain and the intuition don't work together. And mm-hmm. so, uh, when you're tiny, your brain's like, Oh, I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And now I want to climb this thing. And there's not a lot of, uh, at the beginning, there's not a lot of things getting in the way. And so, the the whole when you're when you're growing intuitively as an adult it's as if you're working on reverting back to being a, an innocent child and being uh you know way more uh way less connected to your brain and mm-hmm. so i would just foster that and those kids are your teachers yeah and so yeah what are they what are they saying to you maybe it's something you need to hear maybe they're smarter than you right yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's probably a lot of incidences where that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they are. They are our teachers. They really are. Everybody's everyone. Every, you know, every we're all each other's teachers. Yeah, yeah, but kids are awesome. They're just like these tiny little weird, smushy, present you know, beings that, that have all sorts, they know all sorts of stuff that we forget as adults. Yeah. Yeah. They're still open. They don't have the blocks Mm -hmm. up and the defenses up Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, they haven't been manipulated to think a certain way yet. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Good good point. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. tell me, I haven't heard a going rogue story yet from you. Hmm. Okay. Going rogue story. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think from 20 to 30 was a, a giant going rogue story. Ooh, a I decade. That, <laughs> a going rogue yeah, decade. I, it was a going rogue decade. It was a me having a backpack on my back. Back. Yes, back. Not, uh, <laughs> not um, knowing where I'm going and not having any place to live and just showing up and following my intuition and just taking a left if my intuition said left and right if it's right. And I just traveled all over the world and I paid really, my rogue story is all internal. My, all my battles in life, I've had some outside battles. I'm sure everybody has a, you know, but the, the, not really, all my battles have been inner battles, me working out my shit. Mm-hmm. And so in my travels and in my rogue story is my, um, my inner, my, I look my, every day, every single day, I look my bullshit right in the face and I do something about it. I pay attention to it. I work on it. I let it go. I shift it. And so as I was traveling twenties to thirties, I, you know, there was things that would come up and I would be embarrassed or I would be scared or I would be, I would feel sorry for myself or I would feel ugly or all the human stuff. And each thing I would do self-inquiry work and really check into it and see if that shit's true and pull it apart because I'm with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like I'm just fucking stuck with me for however many years I'm going to be alive. And so I might as well love myself. I might as well have the best relationship with myself. And if I do that, then all the other relationships in life will take care of itself. I'm under the impression that if I just keep me in a place where I'm being my best person, all the other shit around me will take care of itself. I don't need to micromanage anything. And so that 20 to 30 uh, year mark for me was definitely a a time where I dived into that. I really looked at all my stuff, all my childhood stuff, all my, you know, any kind of thing that popped up. 
I was relentless about really working through it and falling deeper and deeper in love with myself. And so when those, you know, when I turned 30, 31 and I set my backpack down um, and I, you know, at, at the same time I was setting down, you know, for those 10 years, a fuck ton of, um, of pain that I didn't want to carry around with me or self-talk or negative thinking or, you know, whatever it might be and continue to push forward. And I, and I did that in, you know, wild ways. I'm a very extreme person. And so, um, you know, I kayaked all over, you know, the United States and Canada for four months. I hiked across Europe. I, you know, I, I did, I jumped out of planes. I did anything that made me feel uncomfortable until I felt comfortable. And it, and, and I, I didn't get tracked up by fear. By the end of it, I really let go of, the idea that I need to be kind of confined inside this prison of fear and each thing that I really thought, like I was very fucking sure that this is going to kill me or I'm, I suck or this is going to be terrible or I can't trust the situation. I can't trust myself. I'm not good enough. Each time I confronted it, looked it right in the face and really gave it a moment to just observe it and then do it anyway show up anyway um the fear was always lying your brain is always lying it's always just trying to help you survive right and so it's, it over exaggerates <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I i ended my um my my 10 years of roguing mm-hmm. uh not uh uh not at the mercy of fear that's awesome That's a great, that's really cool. That's very, um, very different than, you know, what most people are talking about because, you know, the first thing you said was mine was all internal and that right there Mm -hmm. says it all. Usually, Mm -hmm. you know, even though a lot of times, you know, for people it's, it is internal, but it is being experienced with an external action first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, there's like maybe a little internal nudge and then the mm-hmm. external action happens and then there's mm-hmm. the, you know, the result and then the epiphany or the learning from that. So it's almost like a different order for, it seems like, it, you know, it happens for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people think that, well, if I change my job, I'm going to be happier. If I have more money, I'm going to feel better. If my boyfriend was cuter, I think that I would be happier or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, never the case you just get a another ugly boyfriend who (laughs) you're not happy with or you (laughs) or you get another job and that's awesome that pays you a lot more but you still it sucks and it's because it's internal it's doing it backwards it's taking care of you inside and then outside takes care of itself right 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 yeah so so why else do you love being an intuitive? Uh, for me, I love being an intuitive because um, I am able to set myself aside during a reading, almost in like a, a meditative type state, move my, my body aside, move my meat suit aside and allow something, move Candace aside and allow something else to come through um, that connects to my client, whoever it might be. And each time it's brand new. Like it's a first experience every single time. And it always fills me up um, positively. And so um, I like and love what I do with my life. And I love intuition and I love sharing my gifts uh, because it is, it's never, ever the same. And I, I don't have to, I, uh, the can, Candace isn't super involved in it. And so it's, it's more of something coming through and being of service and, and being really helpful. And I've, I'm, I'm grateful to have, you know, the, you know, people in my life who are, who do want sessions with me and do want to spend time with me like that. And it's always really powerful um, for myself and the other person and mm-hmm. so I like it because there's, there's a lot of honesty around it. 
Um, there's a lot of straightforwardness and bluntness and um, whatever comes through is, is something that's wonderful for the moment and for the person. And then I move on to the next person. And um, I don't know, there's something about that. There's something about that connection. Uh, it's like a, it's like seeing a, uh, the closest thing I can think of it in emotion is seeing a magician. Like some people don't like magicians, but like when you're a kid and you like see like a card trick or something and you're like, oh shit, like it blows your mind and you can't figure it out. Uh-huh. And it like puts you in the state of like being a giggly child. And mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of, um, besides the trick part, it's kind of a, um, the feeling of uh, when I'm connecting to somebody and it's always very detailed and um and things that, you know, you would never, ever tell anybody, and I'm talking to you about it, um, it, it reverts a person to a place of being childlike, like, oh, my gosh, there's magic. Like, the yeah. world is magic. It, it isn't just all this, you know, sadness yeah. or concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? And when you are, allow yourself to consider that something can be magic or magical, shall we say you, that's where you open the door to possibilities. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. And it's, um, and there's, there's something really extraordinary about that, that uh, drives me for sure. And so, you know, because I've been working on my muscle for so long, uh, my intuitive muscle, it's, a very it's very detailed and I am very very uh, I, I don't say anything unless I 100% know that what's coming through is absolutely true and and there's a whole process for me inside of that but the outcome is all as usually I won't say always but usually a person feeling lighter and feeling like somebody knows them and feeling seen And then, you know, connecting to whatever they wanted to know and feeling, um, you know, very full with that. And so I love the whole experience. It's all organic and, and, and beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. Um, and I, and I know that because, um, you know, I've had readings with you and it's exactly like you just said, it's beautiful. Uh, and it is Thank very you. magical and organic and honest. It's, it's very cool. Um, yeah. So what would you say for people that are interested in just starting to cultivate their own intuitive powers, their own abilities. What are some tips that you would say, just if you want to start, and this is something, you know, that is really new to you to start mm-hmm. with these, you know, couple of things, what would you suggest for listeners? Yeah, I think, uh, the, the number one thing to be working on is the, uh, one that nobody wants to work on because it's a, it's a little boring and hard. It's meditation. Yeah, it's uh, being able to quiet down your brain, the the quieter your brain, the louder your intuition, it kind of, uh, you know, balances out like that. And so even seven minutes of meditating a day, just sit your ass down and just close your eyes and be quiet uh, inside yourself. You can do visualization meditations, you can hum You can, you know, whatever. You can do funny stuff with your hands. You can do whatever you want, whatever it takes for you um, to just sit still and show up to that. Uh, The more that you do that, the longer you can meditate for. Right. And I think meditation is huge. And then you can connect to, um, you know, you can connect to your, you know, your inner energy and and your growth by just, um, and your spirit guides in your own life. Everybody has a spirit guide. And so that you've been born, that you were born with, that is your personal assistant in life. And so it's in um, the deeper that you go into meditation and the more time you spend with that, the more that you can connect to that guidance in your life. And then you could try all sorts of different things. It's all quite individual, uh, which direction a person heads. Um, but if you have empathy, that's one direction. If you're in, you know, the direction of uh, mediumship, that's a whole different ball game. 
but I would start with just sitting down and feeling comfortable inside of your own body. And the big thing around the intuitive stuff is that, you know, you're as an intuitive, you're um, telling people, uh, giving people the opportunity to be braver and to show up in their own life. And if you're not doing that, well, your words are going to fall flat. And so you've got to be able to show up twice as much as you would ask anybody else to. And so that's where sitting down and being uncomfortable and just doing it anyway and connecting and challenging yourself and diving Mm -hmm. deeper and just asking for help, like in a prayer, the same thing that you would see in prayer, just asking your guidance for what you need to know personally and starting that relationship. Yeah, I think people are really good at at asking for things, but then they're not always so great at picking up on the answer (laughs) or or, or allowing it. You know, people are putting out all of these asks and wants and desires and questions, Mm -hmm. I think, all day long. But then they're not, like you said, you know, doing some version of a meditation or something that allows them to be quiet enough and sit still long enough and connect long enough to allow an answer to come into their consciousness, to come into their awareness. Yeah. And, and meditation doesn't have to be sitting down either. You can go for a walk. Yeah. yeah. You just got to yeah. find like your thing and then do it. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. It's almost more like a flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a self-care. It's definitely, it's like a, you know, meditation is more like an inner massage. You're like figuring out, you know, what feels right in you besides what your brain has to say, because your brain's a jerk mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. He tells you all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's not necessarily true. Right. It's not necessarily true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not always true. It's, it's been conditioned, mm-hmm. you know, for every minute of the day since you were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so it's, uh, it's not trustworthy. It's not trust. It's, and, but I can tell you that I, um, my intuition has never, uh, steer, steered me wrong. I, I've never been in a position where I haven't trusted that. And so I stick with it. I, I stick with it. It's my, it's, I have a very strong relationship with it and anybody can, anybody can have a strong relationship with it. It's just how much time you invest, how much time you invest in that, that intuitive gym and work that muscle Mm-hmm. And the stronger it'll grow. Oh. Yeah, that's great. Great tip. Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I have one more question that I want to ask you. But before I ask, would you please um, tell everyone where they can find you and your services? Where can people track you down, my dear? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I am at www.travelingintuitive.com. That's where you can book a session with me, a private session with me. Um, And I'm on Instagram too. I'm traveling intuitive at, I guess it's at traveling intuitive on Instagram. Uh, Those are uh, two uh, great places to find me um, if you are so inclined. Yeah, yeah. You're on Facebook too. Uh, Oh, yeah. I'm all over Facebook, traveling intuitive. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've yeah, got and I'm a, a, a Twitter and Snapchat and da, 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 da. yeah, you're everywhere. <laughs> you're yeah, you're yeah. everywhere, right? <laughs> traveling intuitive yeah. though, where if somebody wants to find you, all they have to do is look for traveling intuitive, and they won't have a hard time. No, yeah, you go to any any social media and just put traveling intuitive, and then my big juicy face pops up. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> so the, uh, the cool thing is though, people can not only book a session with you, which is so worth it and, and such a great experience, but you do also, um, teach people. So if there's somebody listening and you're really interested right in learning mm-hmm. how to become an intuitive, they can come to you for that as well. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I have lots and lots of, lots and lots of students that work at their own pace to get to whatever place that they want to get to. And so it's, it's pretty rewarding. Nice. Okay. So my last question, Candice, Mm -hmm. how can going rogue be a valuable thing for a person to do? What in your experience is the value of going rogue? 
I think that um, the number one thing that I have heard while hanging out with people in hospice while they pass away is I wish I, I could have, I should have, I regret. Mm. Um, And so the number one reason to go rogue in your life is you should just go and do whatever the fuck you want and really own it and own who you are and experience whatever you want to experience so you have no I should have. Say what you need to say. Tell the truth. Be yourself. There is no reason not to at the end of the day. Just your own, just you holding you back. And so uh, I think that going rogue is powerful, and I think that you can find a way to do it every single day. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me on. This is great. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, it's been my pleasure truly. And I'm, I'm so thrilled. It was fun to have you back and to have this talk. And I think, um, there's so much really good, valuable stuff here that people are going to love. So thank you. Thank you for spending some time talking shift with me. (laughs) Yeah. Anytime. (laughs) All right. I will see you soon. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Well, that was a lot of fun. It was great to have Candace back again. I hope you guys all enjoyed that. We always have so much fun together. But let me tell you, she is a fantastic teacher of developing your intuition. So if that is something that calls to you, you definitely want to connect with her. And I have witnessed her in action on many occasions in workshops that we've done together. And I can tell you from personal experience that Candace really does have a gift and she is very devoted to guiding people on how to become intuitive and listen to their own inner guidance. So be sure to check her out. Your feedback you guys, is really important to me. So please leave me some. Show me some love by taking an extra second to give me a rating. That would be awesome. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already so that you'll know when each new show is coming out. If you want to make some shift happen in your own life, give me a shout. That's what I do. I would be happy to do some private coaching with you. So just connect with me on Facebook or through we're talking shift.com or lauriebischoff.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. And until we meet again next week, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some shift happen. Goes for you too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.